Good morning. It's July 18th. It's already hot out in New York, and it's going to be getting hotter. With, according to the New York Times' little front page weather box, thunderstorms, damaging winds, hail, flash flooding. The cat has dug a super ball out from under something and is chasing it around the room, slamming into the walls. I apologize for the background noises. This is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. An all-too-familiar old pattern in the news has asserted itself once again, as before we can talk about what we were going to talk about. (laughs) Donald Trump just made it known that he received another target letter suggesting another potential indictment coming from Special Counsel Jack Smith. This one is apparently about his activities surrounding January 6th. The New York Times Instant Live blog is speculating about people speculating about charges of attempted corrupt obstruction of an official proceeding. It's always helpful to be reminded that, in fact, an official proceeding was obstructed, a fact that people persistently seem to lose focus on, even in the immediate aftermath of the events. It's true that we eventually had the properly scheduled transition of power, but it's not true that it was a peaceful transition of power. People got killed. And it would be sort of nice, if incredibly belated, to see the person who didn't want to surrender power face some consequences for that. So that's your breaking Trump news. And now we turn to the original top item of today, following a little reefer note at the bottom of page one taking us to the back of the science section on page D8, where we find birds are building nests from anti-bird spikes. Oh, yes, they are. The story tells of how a Dutch doctoral student in biology went to investigate a strange nest that had been spotted outside a hospital in Antwerp, Belgium in July 2021. Nestled near the top of a sugar maple tree was a Eurasian magpie nest that resembled a cyberpunk porcupine with thin metal rods sticking out in every direction. The magpies had apparently been tearing the strips off the hospital, where they had been installed to discourage birds from perching, and building them into nests. Further research found more examples, built by, the story says, Eurasian magpies and carrion crows, those clever members of the corvid family. The magpies, the story says, used spikes the same way they used thorny branches, sticking out from the nests as an apparent defensive measure. The crows appear to turn the spikes inward, perhaps for structural support. The defensively constructed nest of the Antwerp magpies, the story says, contained roughly 50 meters worth of anti-bird strips and 1,500 visible spikes. It's hard to tell from the accompanying photograph, but it looks like it's probably also shiny, the way that magpies love it. Congratulations to the magpies. Back on page one proper, the New York Times reports the news that Mayor Eric Adams named Acting Police Commissioner Edward Caban as the full-on police commissioner the first Latino commissioner of the New York Police Department. The subheadline refers to him as a breakthrough appointee, which is a triumph for Eric Adams's extremely cynical use of identity politics and deflects the focus from his forcing out his previous breakthrough appointee, Tichin Sewell, the first woman to be police commissioner. The story, moreover, describes Sewell's downfall as a matter of her being frustrated in her attempts to act with autonomy, without ever specifying that one of the biggest things that she tried to do with autonomy was to follow the Civilian Complaint Review Board's recommendation that the department punish the chief of department, a close crony of the mayor, for interfering with police business to quash criminal charges against 
a former cop who was a friend of his, who had allegedly menaced three children chasing them with a gun. None of the particulars of that were in the story, even though it was widely reported as the breaking point in the relationship between the mayor and Commissioner Sewell. And even though low down in the story, after we get past all the proud Latino firsts surrounding Caban, we learn that Caban has his own history of discipline, as the story puts it. In 1997, the Civilian Complaint Review Board recommended that he be punished after two officers were accused of cursing at and threatening a woman in Harlem. Commissioner Caban, then a sergeant, abused his authority, according to the board, when he refused to give the women their names. In 2006, the board found that he had abused his authority as a captain when he had stopped a man on a Manhattan street while investigating robberies. When the man refused to provide identification, Commissioner Caban arrested him for disorderly conduct. The man was later released. In another way of expressing the same basic idea, the story says, Patrick Hendry, president of the Police Benevolent Association, the police officers' union, said Commissioner Caban knows what New York City police officers are going through right now. So our corrupt goon cop mayor has an apparently corrupt goon cop as commissioner, just the way he wants it. Good luck, New York City. And the philosopher Harry Frankfurt, who semi-inadvertently became the most important analyst of our age, died at the age of 94, leaving behind, the Times reports, a series of thematically interrelated papers written from the 1960s through the 2000s in which he situated the will, people's motivating wants and desires, at the center of a unified vision of freedom, moral responsibility, personal identity, and the sources of life's meaning. And, far more popularly and indelibly, the small book On Bullshit, in which he raised the alarm about the form of behavior in which people don't even bother lying, but simply say whatever they want to say without regard for the truth of it. The liar, Frankfurt noted, at least is honoring the truth by trying to point its way to the opposite of it, the bullshitter just doesn't care. The essay turned out to be the indispensable framework for understanding basically everything that goes on in the public discourse anymore. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.